we choose the exhibits because we like them or because uh, they are talking about gender or they are talking about race or they are talking about immigration, they are talking about politics. We want the people to know that there's something behind the painting. Welcome to Let's Get Uncomfortable, a running podcast where we shake out and purposely go off track on any and everything related to our favorite hobby. Get ready to get uncomfortable along with our guests, because growth only happens outside of your comfort zone. Here are your hosts, Inez Babea, Jamie Chen, and Nathan Schiller. Hi, I'm Nathan Schiller. Hola, I'm Inez Babea. Hey, I'm Jamie Chen, and welcome to Let's Get Uncomfortable. Our guest today is Nacho Baje Pechuan, a bridge runner and Achilles guy runner, and also known as a man for his paellas valencianas. This is totally a plug to get invited to the next paella party. Nacho is also an ultra marathoner who loves art, runs a business that imports delicacies from Spain and Portugal, and also finds time to plan runs to art galleries for Snake Run. Nacho, our man from Valencia, is pretty much an encyclopedia on how to find outlets to nurture all your passions. But before we get started, let's jump into our sports legacy. Today's sports legacy segment focuses on Marla Ronian, who was born on January 4th, 1969 in Santa Maria, California. At age nine, Marla developed Stargard's disease, a form of macular degeneration that left her legally blind. She did, however, retain her peripheral vision and could make out shapes and shadows. While attending San Diego State, Marla began competing in several athletic events, such as the 200-meter dash, high jump, 100-meter hurdle, long jump, javelin, and the 800-meter run, just to name a few. In 2002, she finished fourth in the New York City Marathon and was the top American female finisher in a time of 2 hours, 27 minutes, 10 seconds, the second fastest marathon debut by an American woman at that time. Marla rounded out her running career by placing fifth in the Boston Marathon in 2003, seventh in the Chicago Marathon in 2004, and captured the USA National Marathon Championship title by winning the Twin Cities Marathon in 2006. To this day, Marla remains the only legally blind U.S. Paralympian to also qualify and compete in the Olympic Games. Marla's accomplishments have challenged the stereotypes of what people with disabilities can achieve. Nacho, you are a volunteer with Team Achilles, a global organization operating in 18 countries that transforms the lives of people with disabilities through athletic programs and social connection. Why did you get involved with Achilles, Nacho? Okay, first of all, hi to everyone. So I came to New York nine years ago, but before coming to New York, I was already a guide in Spain. Everything started in the Olympic Games in, in 2012 in London. I used to live in London for, for five years. So I go often to see my friends and we were watching the Paralympic Games. That was the first year that the guys were um, coming into the podium with the athletes and getting a medal. So my friend who was also a runner, we were like, wow, that's really cool. I think that that would be amazing to do something like that. Just guide someone and just share that journey you know, into the training and into the Olympic Games. So when I came back to Valencia, I have an ex-girlfriend that was a, a singer teacher the, in the Spanish um, blind organization. It's very, very famous. It's very popular. So I went back and I told my friend that, do you think that you, I could uh, train with the 
this this organization is more into kids. No, it's just not like many um, that many adults like Achilles. So I started training kids uh, into running in Spain for a couple of years, and then when I moved here, I found out about Achilles, and I was there. I have they put me in contact, and they have even sent my resume, but it was not needed. And it was one of the best things that I did when I moved to New York, getting in contact with Achilles. For me, it's like, like more like a family. I've been running with them, traveling with them. I, I train with them every week. And it's, I feel his race is more than I feel mine. The first time I saw New York Marathon, I saw all those yellow t-shirts. I thought, okay, that's, that's the place I want to be. You've traveled with Achilles? Like you travel out of the country? Or all, you... the, all, the, all the time, yeah. We travel everywhere. We travel in the States. Achilles works as a non-profit. They get funds. They pay you for some of your races, but the rest is basically the athlete pay for himself and I pay for mine. And we sometimes get the, uh, the free entry for the races. So the thing is that you, you build a connection with the athlete, no? So you start to guide them and then you become friends and then you become more than that, no? You, you become like, a, you're like a couple. Um, so basically, for instance, I was... Speaking like yesterday was a friend say, okay, let's find a race. So now I'm going to look into which race that will be cool to go and it can be anywhere in the world. So it's like, okay, so we have in, in the fall Milwaukee, or we can go to Vienna or no. And then it's like, okay, let's go. And we just travel together. We do the race and then we get drunk. So what's the biggest challenge in having someone who is relying on you for the site? Like, do you describe the, the role? Yeah, so, yeah, so basically the biggest challenge is like not having an accident, especially when you're guiding someone, you can stumble. And yeah, it happened many times. That's kind of because you feel guilty. The thing is that the connection with someone who's visually impaired is a connection of trust. Basically, they need to trust you because there's many kinds of... Um, I mean, the, the percentage of how they can see, some of them, they can see something, you know? There's only 8% of the athletes are, are totally blind. This one that I travel a lot is totally blind. He was um, shot in the face when he was 19 years old in the, in the Bronx, and he lost his sight. Yeah, I have a few of that. They are 100% blind. It's more challenging because it's very easy to, you can stumble with someone, someone is stop, you know, you not only need to find a place to go one, you need to find a place to go together. So it's kind of more difficult. So for me, I'm also pretty competitive. I always want to go fast. So it's, it's a challenge just to try, okay, let's go fast, but let's go through all the people without hitting anyone to go to the floor. That this is part of everything, you know. I know you're competitive because you just ran Boston, and yeah, I am. Uh, I'm a little bit competitive. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm wondering where that comes from. How did you start running? Oh, so funny enough, I always uh, thought that running was a little bit dumb. No, like why are these people running? No, I come from a country that basically 95% of the people play football, soccer. I never understand. I was like, no, no, that's not for me. I used to swim in school. I, I really like to bike because as a warm country, we are all the time outside with the bike. And that develops when you grow up in Peñas, which is like a, a biking club that every weekend, every Saturday and Sunday, you go to a bike. 
So when I was in my late 30s, a friend told me, okay, you are a good um, swimmer and you are a pretty good uh, biker. If you start to run, we could do triathlons. No, and I was like, I don't know about running. I don't, I don't like it, but I just went to for a run and I kind of like it. And I went for the second one, a third one, and I haven't stopped. That was like a little bit more than two years ago. So I'm, I started a little bit late, but I haven't stopped. I haven't stopped. That's that, that's the truth. I haven't stopped running, and it and it literally hundred percent changed my life. I feel like the same way. I started really late in life. I wish I had started earlier, but I met you through the run scene in New York and you introduced to the running culture in New York. Like it's really diverse. And I, yes, I met so, you through bridge runners. I mean, what, how did you go? So, so the thing is that I came to New York because I was offered a job. I, I used to have my own uh, gallery in Valencia and I was offered to be the director of a gallery here. And it was the crisis in Spain, so it was a little bit harder. And I thought, you know what? I may, I'm, it gave me a, um, that end up, that was a little bit after I ended up a relationship. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to say, I'm just going to go to New York. I just need to tell my mom, mom, I'm going, and the rest is done. So I was already a pretty consistent runner. So one of the things when I came here is just getting involved in the world, and the other one is just run. For me, it was a way to discover the city. So one of the first things that I do was Achilles, which was like final entourage of people with running. But kind of, I needed something else. In, in Europe, we don't have the bridges that we have here. And I was very impressed with the bridges. So I was all the time running the bridges. I was kind of like addicted to the bridges. It was like one bridge, two bridges, three bridges, four bridges. And then after six months, eight months that I was all the time running bridges. I was counting the bridges, no? It was kind of um, an addiction. Someone told me, you know, that, that there's a, a running crew called Bridge Runners. And I was like, what? Really? Like, that sounds like my crew. And it, I was there. <laughs> and also, it also changed what, what I... So there's two moments in New York for me that it changed everything. One is when the first day that I went to kill us and the other one the first day I went to be running. I'm not a young person. I'm not looking for friends. I have enough friends, and I, but I didn't know that in my early 40s, I was going to find a, such a big amount of friends that are now brothers, not just in New York, everywhere in the world. I, I think it's fascinating how running, the simple sport of running has been able oh, to no, connect. No, yeah, yeah. It's connected or it's, open up so many doors for people. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. The things that I've done that I would never thought I could, I, you know, like, uh, I don't know, many things, many things. Now I relay from LA to Vegas or from Toronto to Chicago, Toronto to New York or, or run a hundred, hundred miles or I don't know, uh, a half marathon at 2 a.m. I don't know. Well, you like, just, uh, you've done 50 marathons and recently you just ran Boston. So that makes what, 51? Which, which yeah. one has been your favorite? That's a tough question. My favorite race is, is a ultra marathon in South Africa. It's called Comrades and it's the ultimate human race. And it's amazing. I'm, I'm totally in love with that race. One year you go down 90 kilometers. The following year you go up 90 kilometers. And it's from point to point. And that race for the spirit, for the people, for the cheering, for the for how tough it is, it is my favorite. 
in terms of marathons, it's different. For me, it would be always in my heart, the first one, which was Berlin. I love that city and I love the marathon. New York is home. So, you know, the amount of people running, cheering. I really love Tokyo because probably because I love Tokyo as a city. I'm in that. But, I'm in that 2024. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's different. I don't like to, New York, I do it every year because it's the home turf, but I don't like to, for instance, people that does Boston or Chicago, two, three years, I don't like that. I, I prefer to do Milwaukee or Vienna, you know, like a new race and go in the city and explore and, you know, more curious, more, I, I like to, I'm kind of, some friends tell me that I'm collecting marathons because I like to, okay, I don't have that one. I want to do it. I want, I want to add that metal to the wall. It's a little bit that, it's a little bit that. When I was saying that uh, running changed my life, I mean also that running changed the way I travel in. Now, when I, when I want to go out to a place, the first thing that I check is when is the race. If I arrive to a city, I just check the map and say, okay, this is a lake, this is a park, this is a river. So I'm just going to go for a run. <laughs> you know, it's the thing I, I like the most is just have your luck and wake up at 5 a.m in a city that I don't know, just put my sneakers and just go to see what I find. That's exactly how I feel when I go on trips. If I can't go for a trail run in the mountains, I didn't really have a vacation. But I yeah. want to know why you went for ultras. What drove you to go beyond the marathon? I, I like the, the endurance part because I think my stronger muscle probably is going to be my brain because I'm not a very fast person or when I have to run very fast, I don't enjoy it because it's a lot of pain. And I think that in endurance, I think I like the battle because it's more mental, no? And I'm, I'm, I think I'm better than that. I, because maybe I'm also because I'm older, I, mean, I put myself into do a lot. This is a sad topic since that if you put yourself into the training in worst conditions, when you're hungover, when it's dark and cold, when you really don't want to run, if you go for a run, you come back stronger, no? So I've been always doing like that. As soon as rain, as soon as it snows, I just put the sneakers and go. Uh, I, I like the, the battle. I'm better on that, that going fast, you know? For instance, I enjoy more a, a 50K than a 5K, probably. I like the battle inside me, you know? Like how you're calculating the time, the pace. That's why when I race, I never listen to music because I like to just have this, this inner... Uh, conversation with myself like okay you can do it or maybe you don't I like more like run long than run fast speaking of longer distance you run marathons you do ultras but now you're also the race director for the bell to bull relay race where runners yeah. bike support run from Philadelphia to New York and you know New York and yeah have great running history so what was the idea behind putting this race together I like the the, um, the relay thing because this is a solo sport. Somehow it's a solo sport. No, you need to run it, and and this is like the difference in between golf and the Ryder Cup. Golf is a solo sport, but the Ryder Cup is one tournament that the golfers play together, and it's a totally different game. It is a totally different event. So I like the relays because it is something that you're doing in groups. I like it, but relays. I, I like it to bring it into 
it's more small relays because it gets more competitive. No, it, it, you can go more fast than that. So we thought, okay, what what you can do that is not very far because you cannot do two person like a four hundred. I mean, you can do it, but but you won't get that much, that many people. So I thought, okay, so it has to be a city that is close. And I thought, okay, Philadelphia is 90 miles, so it, it will have to be two people. And I thought that the format of the belt to ball is that one runs one bike, so they alternate. So I thought that was was going to be pretty pretty uh, painful when you jump into the bike and then you when you go and running at the end uh, your lower back is in on fire. So I I like the idea of it was going to be painful, no? Like it was gonna it's gonna be hard. People's gonna hate it. So so that's that's first of all I did it. I was the first one who did it and I hit it. So I thought, okay, I think we we have a winner. It looked painful. I mean, think of it. You're, you're it's pounding. painful because the, because the, because the your bike it really your yeah, hips. yeah 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 the, it, or it, the glue like, and and you think that you're biking at the speed of the runner is gonna be fine, but your body is just it, it's yeah you're it's stuck not, in this nice. you're stuck in this position, and then this runner like on your bike yeah. you're going fast, but when you're accompanying a runner you're actually not. So you're slowly. Yeah engaging exactly i've exactly i so, bike so pace when you when you get when yeah. you get it when you're getting to Staten island you just start to be in kind of in a pain do you prefer an off-road race or 26.2 when what's your mood sometimes how do you pick it depends i think that the, the distance at least my distance is much that's the distance that i find it like it's perfect because um you cannot race way more than, than a marathon at least not everyone no the fourth quarter of a marathon is beyond you beyond your body you can really run the 30k but if you go your, at your max you're going to struggle the last at least the last half an hour that's the beauty of the distance your body if you go your fast you're going to need to save energy for the last 10k no uh, how marathon, how marathon is, is a beautiful distance, but it, there's not much of a challenge in a half marathon. And if you just go for 60, 70, um, that's a totally different game because you can really not store just much energy to go fast. So marathon, it is a perfect distance. It is, at least for me, that means that I need to, I can go pretty fast, but I need to be smart because otherwise I will hit the wall. Tell us about the snake run. Who introduced you to art? Why did you want so, to create a run based on so, art? Okay, so the person who introduced me to art was my dad. My dad was an art dealer, and since uh, my, I grew up in, in an art gallery, and with my, uh, the best friends of my, of my dad was they were all artists. So I, I grew up in the art world, and I it always was fascinating for me. You know, going to, to the gallery was like a, a dream because just run in there and see all these paintings and go to the studio visits and things like that. I always love it. And when I, when I grew up, I always said, yeah, I, I want to be in the gallery. So I did my studies and blah, blah, and it, it went back to the gallery. Then my dad passed away and I, I asked my siblings that I wanted to uh, yeah, take care of the gallery. And then we had the, the business, the four of us. But then after six, seven years, so, okay, guys, I think that it's, it's better if, we just compensated somehow and I get the business because this is my life and I'm 
you know, like if I'm explaining you things that you don't understand and they say, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, because it's been always your dream, just have it. And so I've been working in the, in the world for more than 30 years. The only thing I really uh, control and know and I'm qualified to do it very, very well. I do a lot of things, but very, very well, probably only this one. So when I was working, I, I was working two, two years in, in the lower side and then I moving to work in Chelsea. And the thing is that the snake run burns because I was working in Chelsea. The best guys in the world are in Chelsea around me, but I'm having the same, I start the same time that they open and I'm finished at the same time at the close. Because all the guys have the same shift. Many times I wanted to go back to see an, an, a gallery, but because I'm going five days a week to Chelsea from Brooklyn, you don't want to go back to Chelsea on the day of. So I just realized that one of my favorite artists, which his name is uh, Kerry James Marshall, had a show and he, the show was gone. So it was like literally one block from me and I missed that show. So I told Lauren, who was a fellow bridge runner, that I also like art. I say, okay, Lauren, once a month, you and me, we're just going to run and just check the gallery. We just run and see through the door and we just say, let's do it. Sometimes we open the door, it's like, nope, this one, no. Okay. There's, no, it was like kind of a, just go you and me for a run. So we start to do that. Then a third person came and, and then it was like, okay, Shasha, the friend, Shasha Noel. And it was like, okay, so probably we still know where we're going, no? Uh, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to check which galleries are and see at least like, three or four that we're going to go. And then because we like it, that thing is like, okay, let's go this one, let's go that one. We were like that for a year, once a month doing the shows. But one day, Lauren just posted something and a lot of people say, you, you need to tell us when you go to the guys because we want to run with you guys. And the thing is that because the galleries are between 10th and 11th and it's 19, 20, 27. So we always say, let's do the snake because Literally in the Strava was like a snake. I would say if it wasn't for the snake run, I've been a lifelong New Yorker, born and raised here. And I've always been intimidated to go to the galleries. I just feel like I, that's, I, that's, I didn't that's, belong. And if it wasn't but, for your snake this is, run. This is, this is the main reason of a snake run. Because right. people, I know a lot of people who like art, but it's more like they are afraid to go into the galleries. And me that I grew up in the galleries, I to come to the gallery and really guys the gallery shows that are in new york museums in europe will kill for those shows people in europe will will kill to pay to go to the show and you new york has it for free and people doesn't realize that so my goal was like okay don't be for many people who is going to see murals which i love and we do it murals too or our installations or sculptures or public art yes that's we really need to bring the people into the galleries and people into the galleries means that the, the people in the galleries explain, you know, we're going to tell them because we know a lot of them because we were working in the world, me and Jessica, my wife, which is also the other 50% of, of the snake run. And so it's like, okay, we're going to contact these galleries. We can contact some of the artists and they're going to give us a talk. And if not, we just go and we just read the press releases. Like we choose the series because we like them or because uh, they are talking about gender or they are talking about race or they are talking about immigration, they are talking about politics. We want the people to know 
that there's something behind the painting. It's just not decorative. And we want the people not to be smarter than before, but to understand why art means and how important it is. And it's been great because, first of all, it forced me to see the whole, the, uh, all the shows in the city. No, because now I have to go. Um, the second to choose them no, and see and read them. Many times you don't spend the time. Now I have and read them and say, wow. And then to explain it. And to, to explain it to someone in a way that you see that they really like it. And the next time, two years later, you, you talk about the same artist and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. That was the guy. And it's like, yeah, you remember. Perfect. You know, I want that people... For instance, if they go now to the museum and see an artist, they say, oh yeah, yeah, I saw this guy. I know who is this guy. And and some of these artists are really important. You know, like it can be Hopper or Rothko, you know, that was famous, but some people don't know them. So for me, it's a privilege to be able to show them and explain them why this guy is so important. You know, we kind of say that everybody belongs in running and art. Like Jamie was kind of alluding to that, that, I think just growing up in New York, there's this perception that to go to art, you have to have be be really educated in the art world and then have access to places in the same way that people think like, you know, yeah. to really be considered a runner, you have to be like fast and and that's what only really counts. So then I'm wondering, why did you start uh, Snake Run for Fun? Is that just focused like for children? And how do you select the children? To so, bring- it's, so it's Snake Run for Fun, I, I coach kids. Uh, twice a week I coach kids to run and this is run for fun this is started because I want to what run did to me I want the kids that happened 35 years before it happened to me it happened when I was in my late 30s I want these kids to happen when they are 10 and so when because I'm working as coaching kids for run for fun and because I'm coaching uh, I've, I've been doing a snake run for for Achilles, where we go to exhibits, where it's more about sensorial, that touching, smelling. And there's also uh, the run for the kids is like, I would like to bring kids to the exhibit. So there's not all the exhibits are for the kids. So we, are, we already these three and we're gonna do for the, the first one was David Bowie exhibit at the Brooklyn Museum. So a lot of kids were the first time that I met Bowie. I love Bowie, so for me, I remember that this kid maybe was gonna remember the first time that I talked about Bowie was with the snake run. It just messed my heart. The second one was Frida Kahlo, which is obviously uh, the kids love it. But the third one was Quad, and now we're gonna do Andy Warhol. So because the 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 founder of Run for Fun is a friend of mine, and and we told him she's super excited about bringing the kids to the museum. And for me, it's been super rewarding. I love it. I love to bring kids to, to the museum because I remember when my dad used to bring it to the museum. Everything is excuse to go and see art because in a snake run, uh, running is a completely uh, secondary. Like uh, you can go and eat uh, dumplings or you can go and eat tacos. It's just excuse to get together and do something else. Or post-run beers, if I remember. I'm actually, I'm really... I know your next run is April 30th. As you blend your love of running and art, you see them as tools to open doors for people that are often left out of that. They sometimes say that these worlds are described as circles for the connected and the wealthy. So I really thank you. Yeah, but it's that- You've you've helped connect someone like me. Like Ines said, you know, some people think, oh, running is all, 
so many people just can say, oh no, I, uh, I cannot go to Snake Run because it's like, look, really, I mean, everyone can run at the Snake Run. I don't like people to be scared of doing something, no, because it's just excuse. You can go to the galleries and, and if, maybe you're not gonna understand a hundred percent of what the, what the work means, but you can you can get closer to, to you know twenty, thirty, forty. No, the, that would be enough because as long as you enjoy it, it's enough. And it's just to bring people to art and and just try to explain them as and uh, the less pretentious way because art can be very pretentious. I've been all my life in the art, and and it also is for everyone. So at least for me with opening up doors of access for people through art and running and your work with Achilles, are there any places where you feel like the running world could be doing more? I'm very connected with the people with disabilities. I mean, we can do, uh, we can do a lot more than we do. Like but what? it's not, I, I mean, it just, I don't know how to say, it. we need to accept them and we need to realize that they are, they are like us, you know, that no, they're not different. And, so many times I see like this, like a barrier for people handicapped that they're not invited to the table because they are handicapped. So we need just to forget that they're handicapped. <laughs> I know it sounds cliche, but you really, really, really need to forget that they are handicapped. They can do everything. They can do everything. And in a different way that everyone does. I do different things that, that you and, you know, so things are getting better. Yeah but we could do more things. I've been fighting to get them into places and races and things like that. And, you know, I've been six years trying to compete in the Empire State run up with a Achilles Harley and they never buy that. So I don't know why the guy, uh, you know, like, why he's not allowed, you know, why you think. And I have, we had the same problem uh, with uh, uh, swims in the in the um, no you you no sorry this is a that will be that will go for another another let's get uncomfortable well, what about swimming yeah. you just brought you were a swimmer I think swimming is something that's also something you can think oh yeah yeah producing. I'm I'm a, I'm, I'm a, yeah yeah I'm actually a, a pretty good swimmer I've been because I used to do all my childhood in a in a swimming uh, school my my school had a swimming uh, club so everyone in the school was very good swimmer and i love i mean i i i born by the by the sea in a very warm country so we were in the water all day swimming was not easy for me i i, I grew up here i was born and raised in brooklyn and i didn't have the only way I could get to a pool is if I paid for those memberships for like access to a pool because I didn't have like the ocean. Yeah, I mean, it, there's something that it, it, it surprised me a lot when I moved here that people didn't swim. You know, in Spain, everyone swims because I guess that it's a cultural thing or because it's very hard to. But uh, a lot of people say, no, no, I, I, don't, I don't swim. What do you mean you don't swim? But yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I love I love swimming. I, it just relaxes me so much. So it's great. I like it. I like it. And and coach and coach Achilles and this that to swim is amazing. Peacefully in person, the water are, are amazing. It's such a amazing thing. It's interesting that you mentioned the access to swimming. Like in Spain, everybody swims as part of like your basic 
physical education. And like, then when you move here, you've noticed the different barriers to think that should be accessible to everybody, like art, like running, yeah. swimming. So then where do you want to see snake run in five years? I'm not looking for to get to any place. I'm five where it's now. Right now, I'm starting to do, to get us to do it uh, internationally. For instance, we're going to do a bit, uh, one in Toronto uh, for the BTG. And that I'm more excited to do it in other cities, to discover, to bring, you know, like, what is a snake run to do it internationally in New York? I'm fine where it is now. I'm just trying to, right now we have what, 40, 50 people every time. I don't have like an ambition or to go anywhere. I just want to people to, to enjoy it and have fun and go to the, to the gallery. So no, I don't have like a personal goal. I really don't need anything. I just want to keep doing this and bring people to the gallery. Well, that's great. So then tell us, we are now we know your passion is art, is running, is helping people with disabilities. How did Get Lata get started? So Lata is, is, is kind of an idea for four Spanish friends living in New York for almost 10 years. Uh, we shared, among and many other things, our passion for uh, conservas. Conservas is the Spanish team fish and team seafood that is a very like a big, big tradition in Spain. We grow up eating these cans. Uh, it's come from the Romans. That, uh, and then for the fishermen to keep the, the fish um, preserved so it doesn't go wrong. So the seafood is very good in Spain. We were all the time missing this food and, and our mother was sending in Christmas and, you know, packages in with these cans. So when we were in... During the pandemic, we thought, we should, we should, why we don't do a business, the four of us together? And then lots of things came instantly to the table. I was like, dude, we need to bring the conservas to, to the state. So basically, we, we create, we had two friends from Valencia, two friends from Catalonia, which all by the Mediterranean, that there's a, a big Bermud culture. Bermud is a sweet, Bermud is a drink that you always drink it, eating this tin fish. We wanted to open a bar, but Unfortunately, we've just realized that getting to open a bar in New York is really expensive. So we thought, okay, let's start to creating like the culture of the conserva ritual first. So we create a subscription, we create a web page, and we're gonna import and this and sell online. And then the first step was to create the, the subscription, which also is retail, so it's the web page and the company, which is called Lata, which means tin in Spanish. The second is to start to import the products that we want, that we are in the process to import amazing products that you cannot find in the States, like amazing. And the third one is end up opening the Bermuderia, which is a place where you open the cans and have you drink a white wine or a, or a cerveza, a beer or a vermouth. And it's just toasted bread, really fresh tomatoes, olives, and we tell you how to eat the cans. And you don't need to cook, you don't need a, a grill. And I always thought, dude, this is a, a million dollar idea, you know, because this is the best quality. And, and it's very easy and people's gonna love it. The cans are beautiful and the food is amazing. And some of these products are a little bit, not, they're not cheap because that quality is, quality is always not cheap. That's why it's good. So we thought, okay, in, in the States, people have, 
a little bit more money than in Spain. And so I think it can work. And we started six months ago and it's going very well. Going very well, we're very happy. And for me, it's been a change because um, even though that uh, the art is my life, the art market, I'm a little bit tired of the art market, the selling, the buying, the collectors. So I kind of something more mundane, like this effort, that has always been one of my real, real passion. My father used to say that the only real love is the love to food. I always found that Spanish food was not as popular as it should be. And one of the reasons is because Spanish food is based on the product. And if you don't have the product, you cannot have cooked many of the things that of the Spanish food. But with the cans, we have the product. And that's the beauty. And there are cans that they last for five years. We started and we are it's going very well and we are very happy. Jimmy can tell you how good they are. I love them. I find them very convenient. I'm a high protein person. I'm a huge fish and seafood person. So it's the yeah. perfect, I think, addition to the pantry. Plus they're small and portable and they stack very yeah. well in, yeah. in my, I have a small Manhattan kitchen, so they stack very well and they can hold. And plus I appreciate the quality. So thank you for introducing this. Um, oh, no, no. It's my pleasure. This, this is what one of our goals is like we're going to show how good is this thing from our country. And, and just show it for that for me, it, is, it, it means a lot. So, I mean, I, you saw that tonight I just finished the run and I was hungry and I needed to refuel. So I opened up a can of latte. But let me ask you, well, I opened up a can of latte because A, I needed some really good omega-3 fatty acids and some seafood yeah. and my protein. But what's your favorite post-race meal? Is, you know, how well, does, it, my, how, my does favorite- a meal change? If it's a marathon or uh, an ultra? So for me, it is goes to what is my favorite. And my favorite is always rice. I think a green curry is my favorite. If I can get it like a good paella or like good arroz al horno, which are rice from Valencia, because Valencia has a, a freshwater lake around the city. That's why we grow up the rice. I mean, we, my brother grows up rice. I'm very, very into Asian food for many reasons. And green curry probably, it will be my, I love Thai food. We want to go to the hot mic, but just before we do, can't resist asking you, with all this talk about running around New York, what is your favorite running route in New York City? I mean, we'll have to uh, go through some of the bridges. I moved to the house I'm here, which I, where I can see Prospect Park from my window. And I'm very, very attached to that park. I run it every, I, I run it every day, almost every day. Prospect Park is, has a place in my heart, but I think that Manhattan Bridge is also, I love that bridge. And FDR probably, I really enjoy it to go to the, to the United Nations. But it's different, every route is different. It's still blowing my mind running in the sunset in New York by the water. It's just those red colors and the buildings, it's just like, it's just, yeah, it's amazing. Anywhere, really, anywhere, anywhere. I enjoy just running, you know, even if it's an ugly place, I enjoy. Is there something about New York that sometimes reminds you of Valencia or no? No, 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 no. It's, it's very different. It's very different. I mean, you have the beach it's, in Valencia, it's, which is a very different beach. Than yeah, Kobe. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very different. No better, no worse. It's just different. I... Compared to New York to Valencia, it's, it's very unfair to Valencia because it's a small city and 
here is everything so monumental and majestic and, and impressive, at least for me. But for instance, I spend uh, uh, almost all the time that in Valencia, I spend in a small village that is only 300 people. So I love to run there alone in the woods and there's no one. So compare that to New York, it's just, it is very, very, very different. It's just compared like heavy metal to jazz. You cannot compare that. That's good. That's a great comparison. Jazz and heavy metal, they're both music. You can love yeah, them and You can love them exactly. both. Very yeah. different so now we're going to get into our hot mic segment of the podcast where you're going to get to leave our listeners with a thought about your favorite your favorite route your favorite paella what keeps you running or what the best part about being an achilles volunteer and coach okay so i will start to people to try to get more involved with people who want to run and need some help to run it so not be scared many people in all these nine years told me oh i would love to go to that and after one two times they never come back which is fine. How you can help someone into do something that you like because it's very rewarding. You know, I don't, people, many, oh, you're, you're so nice. What you do, that I do this for myself because it feels great. It feels great to share this with someone in this level of friendship and, and intimacy. And, and, it's, and it's amazing. The second would be don't be scared to do anything. I think that the best part of life is just to do things so if you if you're scared of doing things and you stay in your couch with nothing it's it's a pity so especially for yourself so i will tell you to go and do things you know to try to sign up for a race or be curious and be bold and go to the galleries do things by yourself not just to show to anyone or to post on instagram Uh, just do it for yourself which means that you can do it to only you and just try to enjoy it. And if that means that you're going to take a trip and go to Cleveland to, to see the Hall of Fame rock and roll and run the Hamas on yourself, do it. I don't know. Uh, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Um, just do things, you know, that I will try all my life to do that. And I've been pretty happy. So I will recommend that. I live my life through, through running, through art, through food, through traveling, through music, live through things that I like. I know the things that I like and I want them as much as possible in my life. I always try to fight for what I like. And if someone doesn't, doesn't uh, like it, it's fine with me. You know, or someone thinks it's wrong, it's fine with me. No. For instance, in this country, they, everyone needs to work all the time I think you should only work if you want to work or if you need to work, obviously. But not because the people think it's, it, you're a better person because you work, or, you know. But that's me. Tacho, thank you for sharing all your thoughts and for joining us today. And you're doing such great work with Achilles and with blending running and exposing people to art. It's been a pleasure to chat and we look forward to keeping up with your running and with your business as well. Uh, I want to thank Inez and Jamie. It's nice to see you again. And all our listeners, looking forward to seeing you on the next episode of Let's Get Uncomfortable. But wait, do we get an official invite now to the next paella party or no? Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
Thanks for listening to Let's Get Uncomfortable. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review us on the App Store, and follow us on Spotify.